Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studios, it's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. George Camel, Ramsey personality, host of the George Camel YouTube channel and co-host of the Smart Money Happy Hour with Rachel Cruz is my co-host. Today, we're answering your questions about your life and your money, and we invite them right now. The phone number is 888-825-5225. Tom's going to start off this hour in Atlanta, Georgia. Hey, Tom, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, Dave. How are you? Better than I deserve, sir. What's up in your world? Well, I have a question for you, and I hope all's good in your world. But um, I recently sold a company and finally have enough money to pay off mortgages if I wanted to. And I wanted to know, should I do that or should I keep them financed? Mm -hmm. Okay. I have a home under construction. It's a construction loan at 3.5%, which is going to change if I close with them under a 15- or 30-year mortgage mm-hmm. to approximately 5.5%. Mm-hmm. And I, I have the funds to pay it off, and I just needed to know, should I pay it off? So what is the pile of money that you got? Um, it's a nice chunk of change, and it to pay off the house, I don't think it would affect my lifestyle. How much did you get, Tom? I'm not allowed to say those exact numbers. Why? Who? Who? who who's? Who? Your mama told you you couldn't? No, no, no. I'm under a confidentiality agreement. Oh, okay. Well, is it seven figures? What are we talking here? North of a million. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, hey, the reason I was asking was congratulations. Well, thank you very That's incredible. much. Well done. Touchdown, Tom. Well done. Hey, it was a touchdown. Very happy. Fun. 20 years. Fun. How old are you? 53. Good for you. And how much is the mortgage balance going to be? Um, it'll be in June when the house is finished. It'll be around a million, and the home will be worth about $2 because I've already put in a chunk. Okay. So the, the chunk of change under confidentiality is well north of $5 million then. It's a good number. Yeah, okay. All right. So so you can pay this off and still have a big old pile of freaking money. That's that's what I wanted to make sure before I move forward in this. So here's the thing. A good way sometimes for me, uh, and I use it a lot personally, to decide if I want to keep something or if I want to invest in something is I reverse engineer it. Okay? Let's just pretend your pile of money was $5 million and you had a million-dollar mortgage, okay? And so if you pay off the mortgage, now you've got a pile of $4 million and you have a paid-for $2 million house, okay? Is that right? Right. I got my numbers right, didn't I? Well, yeah. Assuming assuming my assumption about the confidentiality is close. Okay, so anyway, that's our pretend scenario. And now, if the house... If let's reverse engineer it. Let's pretend that you had a $2 million paid-for house and you had $4 million in investments. Would you go borrow a million on your paid-for house so that you had $5 million in investments? No. Same difference. Fair enough. And that tells me what – see see what I mean by reverse engineering it? So you yeah. can even do that with a boat that's sitting in the driveway. Okay, the boat's worth $10,000. If I sold the boat, I'd have $10,000. Let's pretend I got $10,000 piled in the middle of the table. Would I go buy a boat? Yeah, I love boats. Okay, then don't sell your boat. 
But no, okay. of course I wouldn't buy another boat. I hate the stupid boat. Well, then it's time to sell the boat. It's taking up space in the driveway. So you just reverse engineer it, and that's a sunk cost analysis. Yeah, this is a a good situation to have. But a lot of people, Dave, what they see on paper is, well, Dave, if I invested that money, I can make more than the mortgage interest. Wouldn't that be the smart thing to do? And the interesting thing is when we did that largest study of millionaires ever done in North America, 10,167 of them, the number of them that borrowed on their house to invest and as a result built wealth was precisely zero. Mm. We couldn't find one, not even one that said, I became a millionaire because I maximized the leverage on my personal residence and put that money in mutual funds. Not one! Well, the millionaire guy on, on TikTok told me differently, Dave. Well... That's because not all those people tell the truth. Well, he had an online course that was going to show me how to do it. I know, for $3,000. Oh, that's how he made his money, not yeah. through leveraging debt. That makes sense. Yeah. He's, yeah. You know, if I, that's why we put stuff on TikTok. I mean, I was going to avoid TikTok. It drives, that whole thing brought me nuts. And we just started flooding it with Ramsey stuff to try to flush out just some of the sewage. It. Yeah, just flush out some of the sewage. If you just take up the space with clean water, the sewage has to go somewhere else. You know, it's just, oh my gosh. So we thought, okay, we can either ignore this sewage mess or we can just put a bunch of cleanliness in there and, oh, ugh, these people. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you, you watch some of these guys. Honestly, most of you have good walking around sense. If you'll take a second and just watch the body language of a couple of these characters, you can 100% see they're lying. That their scenario is completely... I have $25 million in mortgages, and he's got a baby on his hip. Oh, you've seen that one. Yeah, yeah. that one went viral. Yeah, that one's just so – that guy's he's so, so lying. It is not true. You just watch it. Watch his watch his eyes. Watch his mouth. I mean, the guy is just – you don't have to be a FBI trained to figure out this guy's not telling the truth, okay? So it's just a straight-up lie. So uh, honestly, people, the data that we did in, the, in this uh, – uh, millionaire study is airtight i mean we used all of the research techniques we used an outside research firm to make sure we weren't doing confirmation bias we weren't falling for some of the other research methodology problems you can get into because we actually know a little bit about research and statistics here at ramsey and so we th this this data is so freaking solid that if you don't agree with the conclusions you're what's known as wrong mm. so i mean you just got to keep that in mind it's it's just straight up the truth now uh so you know the number of whole lot, the number of millionaires that made became millionaires because they bought whole life life insurance precisely zero not one the number of them that leased their cars because this is what wealthy people do not now, now some of them did rent lease their cars but none of them told us that That's it was anything but a mistake yeah okay what was the dumbest thing you ever did with money they would say i leased a car about a whole life policy these are, these, are, these are the things that kept me from building wealth. It's well, it's so much simpler and more boring than you ever thought. It's it is it is just put money in your four hundred one k mutual funds, problem. pay off your house. It's the problem with this stuff. It's too boring, Dave. It's just really boring. We need a sexier approach. Make it real complicated. Yeah. Do a lot of math on a board real quick. I need a whiteboard, and I need to be to dance around, and I need to do a double backflip and get a family partnership double twist off the high board and you have to come up with all this complicated crap because that's what wealthy people do no they don't they live on less than they make they invest and they pay off their house and if you want real money it's what they really do build and sell a company that's that's the american way 
That's pretty cool. Now, that's where most of your billionaires come from. Uh, now, if you want to study the Forbes 400, they're all today billionaires, and that's a thousand million. That's a different category. Ooh. That's not a one to five million dollar. That's a thousand million. Now, you're not going to get to billionaire with your 401k, boys and girls. Mathematically impossible. Okay. But you, you know, so there's some other tricks involved, some things involved, but none of them are this stupid. But stuff anyone can become read. a millionaire. It's, it's so social. much simpler than you listen, think. Listen, social media is where you're getting your financial information. Even though we're on there, I'll just tell you, it's a struggle. This is the Ramsey Show. Hey guys, it's Rachel Cruz here to tell you about a faith-based alternative to health insurance that can make healthcare more affordable. Christian Healthcare Ministries. CHM allows members to share each other's healthcare costs, and it's as easy as one, two, three. Step one, choose the healthcare provider you want. Step two, submit your eligible bills. And step three, get reimbursed. CHM members take care of your eligible medical bills. With no network and the freedom to choose your healthcare provider, CHM is the best option for Christians who want to take care of their families and help other believers. Find out more at chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Ed is next in Tampa, Florida. Hey, Ed, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, gentlemen, how are you? Better than we deserve. What's up? So I got a real estate question. Um, I am 26. My wife's 26, and we are about to purchase our first home. Awesome to purchase our first home. That is, um, and got pre-approved recently, and I'm struggling with understanding what what to do here. So uh, they, I was quoted for putting 20% down on a home mm-hmm. and 15% down mm-hmm. on a home, mm-hmm. and on a 15-year fixed, Mm -hmm. and my rate for 20% down is higher than my rate if I put 15% down. That makes no sense. And I don't, I agree. And that's what I'm trying to figure out why that would be and which direction I should go. You should talk to Churchill Mortgage and get a quote and then ask them if they give you the same thing that's uh why in the flip is this because i i i know of no logical reason that should occur as a matter of fact when you put 20 no wait a minute, are you dealing with an fha loan or a conventional loan conventional okay with 20 percent down you will avoid pmi private mortgage insurance which will amount to about uh three quarters of a point i mean it'll amount to a lot Right. It's about $75 per 100,000 borrowed per month. Yep. And um and so not having that with 20% down is a substantial savings. I mean, it's I like 200 bucks a month if you're borrowing 300 grand. And the rate should be the interest rate should be exactly the same either way. But putting less down would normally cause you to have a higher interest rate because it is a higher risk. For the mortgage company. That's that's what that's what I would have thought. Yeah. And they said that the the lender that, that I was so we're it's a new develop new community being developed. Mm-hmm. So it's the preferred lender of the builder. Oh whoopee. And 
So no, I, mean, I, pr- I, I prefer not to use this lender. Yeah. So there, it's yeah, not the preferred I'm lender of the sure buyer. On the same boat. Yeah. yeah. No kidding. Yeah, I think I, so, okay. I I don't know what they're doing. I honestly have no idea. Did they they give you no logical explanation for the higher rate? Uh, basically, what she said is that when someone puts twenty percent down and the bank is no longer charging them PMI, they still view that as a higher risk than if someone put fifteen percent down and they do charge them PMI. Well, that's just not true. Okay. Because the whole purpose of yeah. P, the reason PMI is there when you put less down is because it's higher risk. That's why they make right. you get it. Private mortgage insurance pays the bank if they lose money in the event they have to foreclose on you. It does not insure you in any way, it insures them against you getting foreclosed on and them losing money. That's what PMI does. There is no PMI at 20% down, and the reason is, industry standard is, is they're very unlikely to lose money. So, Ed, I'm going to ask Dave a question. Is it, Dave, is there a possibility that – because I think there's a profit motive here is what it is. Right. So is, is there a possibility that – or actually a risk that when you're over 20% and you ask for your PMI by law, they've got to take it off, but then they no longer are insured against that loan? No, they don't. They do not have insurance without PMI on a conventional loan. There's no insurance. So it sounds like this mortgage company is saying we don't want to do loans no. that aren't insured. No, because they're selling the stinking loan. It's a Fannie Mae loan. It's it's all it's, it's going to be bundled up anyway. Yeah, they're going to be bundled up and sold yeah. on the secondary market. So they're it, it, it's a that's weird, man. Yeah, it's a con, it's a conforming loan. It conforms to a set of guidelines so that it can be bundled and sold. And so I I think it's a local uh, mortgage company that thinks he's got a fish in a barrel because you're buying this on a new site and and they're the preferred. Linder, okay, I prefer not to get overcharged, so I'm going to prefer to use somebody else. Check Churchill and see if you can find out what's going on. There may be something I don't know here, but I don't think so. I mean, I've been doing real estate for 40 years, so um, this is weird. It's very weird. Uh, Yeah, and if you have the 20% down, I would put the 20% down rather than pay the extra $200 a month per $300,000 borrowed for PMI that gives you absolutely zero benefit. So uh, that's why we suggest 20% down on a first-time home buyer. We lighten up and go, oh, if you want to do 5 or 10 or 15, that's okay because it gets you into the house. But the downside is you're going to be biting the bullet on that PMI. But, I mean, that's a lot of money. So it makes no sense at all, Scott. Uh, I mean, you're, you're – I mean, Ed, I'm sorry. You're, you're, you're asking the right questions, and uh, the best way to, to, do, to keep people honest is get another bid. Mm-hmm. So go to Churchill Mortgage, talk to them. And um, they can take care of you in Tampa for sure. They've been an advertiser with us for 30 years. And um, that team, Mike Hardwick and that team do a great job. Hey, man, thank you for calling in. I wish it was easy, but it's a good. I wish I knew the answer. I don't. I don't. I don't. But I agree with you on the frustration. I think you're getting the runaround some way or another. But maybe there is something I don't know. Yeah, keep, keep, keep pushing till you learn. Scott's with us in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Hey, Scott. Hey, yeah. Uh- uh, Dave and John, thank you. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. How can we help? So I'm on uh, baby step, baby step two. Uh, I have 136,000 in student loans, um, and was wondering if using the equity I have in my house to, in about four or five years down the road, uh, either refinance or uh, take out a HELOC uh, to pay off that student loans when uh, it becomes an option 
Well, I you didn't pay off the student loan. You just moved it onto your home. If yeah. you don't pay a student yeah, loan, they don't foreclose. That around. Yeah, mm-hmm. if they don't, if they don't, uh, if you don't pay a student loan, they don't foreclose on your house. If you don't pay a HELOC, they foreclose on your house. Mm-hmm. You just increased your risk. Yeah, you put your house on the block. You just put your house on the line for your stupid student loan. No, thank you. Sure. Even like refinancing to a to a fifteen year. Well, you again, know, still, you just uh, you just put your house mm-hmm. on the line for the student loan. You didn't pay it off, dude. You just moved it. You understand, right? Yep. And you, Paying wait, it off means yeah. that you don't owe it anymore, anywhere. You moved it with more risk. Yeah, yeah. So, what's your household income? Mm-hmm. Uh, about a hundred. Cool. Good for you. How old are you? Uh, Thirty-three and four kids. Good for you. She stay-at-home mom full time or what? Uh, no, she works part time. So, what's your total household income? A hundred. Oh, the hundred includes her. Okay. Right. Yeah. How old are the kiddos? Uh, one, four, 11 and 12. What do you do for a living? Uh, physical therapist. Good for you. You paid a lot for that. <laughs> if that whole, if that's, yeah, if that's, if that's all you on PT, you got, you got hammered. Okay. Um, what, what, I, most PTs I know are making more than $80,000 a year. What's, is it your market? What's the deal? Started. He oh, just started. Oh, just started. Okay. I bet. Didn't you? Yeah, so base salary of about uh, seventy. Uh, when did you start? And I work. I work weekends. When did you? Uh, so when did you get out? When did you get your PT? Two thousand eighteen. So yeah. about three and a half years now. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. You're, you're gonna. You're. But John's right. You're gonna. You should see ten thousand dollar bumps along the way here pretty quick as you get some experience mm-hmm. and you got the ability to add some hours. Except for the fact you got a bunch of littles at home. But the uh, um, yeah, tear into this thing. I want you to just get just roll up your sleeves and go bust your butt, stay out of restaurants, no vacations, and get this thing knocked out. And then when your house is paid off, it's paid off. You didn't have a big butt student loan over there hiding behind your mortgage, acting like it didn't happen. It's a form of financial denial. Uh, so no, I, I and I'm going to help you, Scott. I, I've been right where you are and didn't know what to do. It's we've got the answer. It's called Financial Peace University. And if you'll hang on. I'm going to pay for it for you and your wife and your four littles. And I want you to go through this class. It's nine lessons. And we're going to jack you up, jazz you up, and teach you what to do. And if you'll go do exactly what we teach, you should have this paid off in about three years. This is The Ramsey Show. Rachel Cruz, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today as we take your questions at 888-825-825. Five two two five. Our question of the day is brought to you by Neighborly, your hub for home services. Don't wait until the AC or something else goes out. Neighborly helps you find local providers like AirServe, Mr. Appliance, Dryer Vent Wizard, and Precision Door Service. Go to Neighborly.com. Great company. They'll help you out. Yeah, so today's question comes from Jeremy in Pennsylvania. I am doing a will. I'm 55 years old and have a wife and two adult children. I'm split between leaving everything to my wife or going ahead and leaving things to my kids as well. There are certain things I want my kids to have, but I don't want my wife to think that I don't trust her to carry out my wishes if I precede her. Uh, Is it weird not to leave everything to my wife? Hmm. Um. I mean, not necessarily. It is her money too, though. I mean, like it's not just your money and your stuff. It's you guys together. But I think if you were to say, hey, when I, you know, 
if I pass away, what would you think, how much, you know, what does it look like for your life? You know, this is you talking to your wife of what do things look like for you? What, um, what will you have? Will you be taken care of? Making sure she's your priority first because your adult children are second in that. And then if everything is fine and good, like I'm okay with you saying, okay, you know, do we want to get, leave them, you know, X amount and X amount. But all of that is communicated with her because this is her money too. That's what I would say. There's two things built into your question that are disturbing. The way you state this is almost like there's a possibility this is your second wife and these kids aren't hers. Oh. And if that's the case, then, um, you know, then you've got to have this discussion and go, I am going to leave you this amount to take care of you and this amount for them because I want to do that. If that's the case, if not, the other thing that may be hidden in here is there's like some reason that you feel like she's not going to do this. Mm -hmm. Like she's been irresponsible or you all haven't been unified in your decision making on money. And so you have a reason to kind of worry that she's not going to follow through on your wishes. Um, If if that's the case, then that's another issue. That's different than a will. That's a a marriage issue, a trust issue that you've got to get into. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so... um, that that's two possibilities. I mean, the third possibility is as simple as um, these are her kids, your kids, and um, you can do whatever you want to do with your money, but it's also hers, as Rachel stated. So we ought to talk about this and just figure it out together. What's you know what is your motivation on that? And primary is that she's taken care of. If you don't leave her enough to have a wonderful life because you gave too much to your kids yeah. your grown kids strange uh, that wouldn't i would not agree with that yeah uh, your your primary responsibility is to her okay so what i just thought of this question as we were talking this out if you did have a second marriage and all grown kids or even teen i mean maybe even well i'd say grown kids he said adult what, children. yeah what is the what is the responsibility if someone is bringing in money to a marriage and they are one now, yeah. but she has four adult kids and he has two mm-hmm. and it they're later in life. You know what I mean? Like, does no, he mean, have responsibility it, to leave money to those four kids or it, it's going to be left to her? So she's probably going to, you know what I mean? Like gets really complicated. Yeah. Because, you, know, uh, you know, second marriage could be 25 years long, you know, it could be longer than the first. Yep. And, um, wouldn't be that unusual. Uh, and, and so, uh, and, and you know, the grown kids are all okay. And he wants first to make sure his new wife is taken care of. That wouldn't be bad. Yeah. Wouldn't be bad. Sure. Um, so you've just got to think that through. But there's no inherent entitlement that these grown kids are entitled, adult children are entitled mm-hmm. uh, morally, ethically, spiritually, none of that. Um, and and um, it's it's not unusual in the, in a situation with a stepmom, as an example, uh, for the adult kids to resent her getting anything mm-hmm. uh, and that's a sense of entitlement yeah that is wrong yeah that sense of entitlement is wrong but uh so like i've got a a, a wealthy friend who's in his 70s got remarried uh and um recently mm-hmm. and, and i don't know what his estate plan is but his kids are perfectly his grown kids are perfectly functional yep they don't need anything yep uh so you know were i in his situation i We'll make sure she's taken care of, and I want to leave some to them. Yeah. Uh, but uh, and he's got the, uh, the you know, the ability to do both in that mm-hmm. case. So, but what what's primary? I I, I think your spouse is probably going to be yep. primary even then. Yeah. 
uh, if, if you had to look but at do, it. But do you think the stepkids are entitled to? Yeah. Oh, no, not necessarily, no. Yeah. I mean, that's almost prenup stuff. Yeah. You yeah. Uh, but it's 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 the it complications of yours, mine, and ours. Mm-hmm. And uh, it requires even that much more uh, constant communication and discussion about the estate plan. You know, so like your brother and your husband are in a state planning meeting with me and your mom tomorrow, mm-hmm. you know, and Winston is, you know, is not in my bloodline, but he's married to you mm-hmm. and, uh, handles a lot of our real estate. And so, yeah, we're going to be there tomorrow talking through, you know, some changes, what we're doing, but you know, what's that look like? Everybody's got to be in it. You know, everybody's got to know what's going on. Am I getting cut out of the wheel, Dave? Huh? No, I'm getting <laughs> cut out of the wheel. Really, you know, changes. It's so, so freaking complicated. We have to review it every so often. Yeah, no, totally. Just to make sure we remember what we said we were doing. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think it's a, that's another piece to this, too, that I think is important. Another element is as an adult child, right, as we all are, but that's why doing this in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s is setting your own family up, right, regardless of where your parents depended upon your parents or any messiness that comes out of wills and all of this, like that you are in a position that you're taking care of yourself. Yeah. And that, and any of that's just gravy. Yes. Yeah, it's yes. Just gravy on the biscuit. That's exactly right. Uh, and then the second thing that comes out of or another point that comes out of this discussion is a, you need a will. Yes. Everybody does. And 78% of Americans die without a will. Stupid. It's just stupid. Get your will done. Go to mama legal, mama bear legal forms.com. Get your will done. The second thing is tell everybody what's going to happen. Like if you've got stepchildren, we're talking about her kids and she did not bring wealth into the marriage or she did and they're going to get hers, but they're not going to get yours. Tell them. Yep. Tell them. So, you know, or, or tell them, I'm going to take, tell your kids, I'm going to take care of my new wife with this and whatever's left over, you're going to get. And so they don't go, wow, I'm mm-hmm. go ahead and get all that out of the way. You know, yeah. let's just tell everybody where it is. Go ahead and have a reading of the will. And if somebody's going to be pissed off, let them do it while you're alive. Yep. You know? And another question we get all the time is, how do I help my parents talk about this stuff? How do I get my parents to do a will? How do I start these kind of conversations because of importance? So if that, if you are in that situation, that was in one of my FPU classes that I, when I coordinated it, uh, we're done now, but one of the questions that came through a was a lady. Weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, was a lady that um, she said that she was like, "I, my husband's parents told him that he's going to have to be the executor of everything, but he didn't know what's in it, and he didn't, you know." And so I'm yeah. like sitting down and saying, "Hey, we want we want this communicated really clearly so that your wishes are granted mm-hmm. and your legacy, how you want it, is to be, yeah. you know, to be I'm on." So that's a reason the executive, to get it. I refuse to be the executor of something, and I don't know what it is. That's asinine. Mm-hmm. It's a secret, but we want you to be in charge of the secret. No, not a chance. Not signing up for your toxic BS. No, thank you. And that's exactly what was going on. Yeah. So, no, we're not doing that. We're going to sit down. Everybody's going to know. We're all going to talk about it. And then I can execute. I don't care if I get any money. I'm not after the money. I just want to help you execute your wishes. That's what the executor does is execute your wishes. It's like the end of your secrets and your toxic BS. Not a chance. Not doing that. There's a great line at the end of a Taylor Swift song. It's a hero. What's the line? (laughs) They're all. She says, I had a jerk. Well, I don't know if you have time to quote the whole thing, but 
she yeah she had a dream that uh, her stepdaughter married for the money then found out she wasn't in the will and they all said she's looking up from us else my I can't even you didn't you can't finish it for laughing this is the Ramsey it's show so good Our scripture of the day, Proverbs 4.25, let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Stephen Covey said, most of us spend too much time on what is urgent and not enough time on what is important. Mm. You know, Covey had in his book, Principle-Centered Leadership, it may have been in Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, too, the quadrant of time that you manage in four different quadrants, urgent and important. Um, Phew. Urgent, important, or, or see, urgent, not urgent, important, not important. Importance, yeah. Yeah, and we spend too much time on things that are urgent but not important. Let be like answering your email, you know, or making sure you check your Twitter feed. Ugh. The slave of the digital world. <laughs> All right, Robert is in Atlanta. Hey, Robert, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Thank you so much for taking my call. Sure. How can we help? So uh, my wife and I have found ourselves in an unsafe house, we believe, and so we're uh, we're thinking that we're going to have to move um, really ASAP. What's wrong um, with the house? There are some. Well, so we just we didn't really do our research up front. We had a baby um, that was due within a couple of weeks by the time that we uh, we bought it, and so we rushed in to upsize and make room for the baby. But the location just kind of is is more unsafe. You know, we hear. A lot of crime activity going on around us, um, you know, gunshots every now and then. So that's kind of the gist. What was the event that broke the camel's back? What was the latest thing that went, I got to get out of here? Yeah, well, I, I think within the first two weeks, you know, we had our cars broken into. Um, I'm done. I'd, I'd say I'm just, done. Sell you it. Know, one, yeah, there you go. Okay. Sell it. Get out, yeah. get out of Dodge. This is, you live in Dodge City. They yeah. shoot up and okay. down the street. Right? Right. Yeah. Right. That's it. Get out of Dodge. No pun intended, but yeah, really do it. Yeah. I mean. And it doesn't I, matter how much we sell it for. Well, I mean, you don't have to panic. Uh, I mean, do you have any money? It's important, not urgent. Yeah. Do you have any money? <laughs> Might be urgent. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We, we've got about $30,000 uh, liquid. What'd you pay for the house? Checking. We paid three forty-five. Okay, call a uh, Ramsey. Call down. a Ramsey trusted real estate endorsed local provider for real estate. Sit down with them and tell them that you want to sell the home in what is a reasonable period of time, a reasonable price for the house to sell in sixty to one hundred and twenty days. Okay, and then decide. Right, and, the, and then decide: Do I want to go ahead and move, or or can I make it that long? Okay, understood. Can and you make rent, it that long? Are you, do you feel safe enough to stay two or three more months, or do you need to go ahead and move now? Well, I, we've, we've been there for six, so, you know, I, I think two or three more months probably could happen. Six months. Right. And two cars got broke into. Okay. Right? Right, that's that's right, yeah. Okay, y'all talk about it, because, hey, listen, if they're shooting up and down the street and they're breaking into my cars and I got a new baby, I'm going to go rent go rent an apartment and move and put it up for sale, and when it sells, I'll talk about buying somewhere else. But right now, we may not even buy. Just go get, mm-hmm. go get, in, go get your family safe, right? You got to get out of the freaking right. war zone. 
Right. Am I okay. missing something? Yeah. No, the other the other question was just, you know, is renting an option? You know, if we were to move, you know, renting is fine because we need to, you know, build up some capital for the next down payment and we can take our time, be calculated with the next one, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, if we, yeah, is, is renting an option yes. for the current one, you know, to, yeah. To start with, it's your only option right now if you move out this weekend because you don't feel safe. Okay. So you're going to be renting a while and that's okay. But if you say it, we're going to rent for two years, build up cash and slow down, slow our roll and get a better, you know, get a much more diligent, careful process when we buy next time. Sure. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I may not have been clear. I guess the current house, given that the, the atmosphere is changing in that area, appreciation could be a thing in the next few years. And so if we could hold on to that, no. No, okay. no. If we have to move because our family is not safe, we're not counting on appreciation. Okay. That's just, you live in Dodge City. No, I mean, the cool people are living there, but the cool people are not scared of the bullets. Okay, that's fine. You got hipsters next to gangsters. I got it, okay? But that that's one of these gentrification neighborhoods. But this is, okay, you can do that. But you told me with the start of the call, you have a new baby, and as a dad, you don't feel safe. So if yep. you don't and feel I'm, safe, don't invest in the area. Okay. 10-4. Understood. Thank you so much. Get out of Dodge, man. <laughs> yeah, it's that. And also, you know, yeah, if you guys don't feel safe, of course, then move. Like, like your peace of mind is 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 very important in that way. But you know, also, that we have the, friends that, that live in a part of Nashville, though, that, I mean. There is. There's a lot. And, and about, it is. And I can it's, count and, four or five areas on my hand right now. Yeah, and people and live there, and away. they're expensive houses. You know what I'm saying? So, and some and of them are nice houses. And it's the to, it's the tolerance level of what feels right to you. So that's why I'm saying, Robert. It is, the, like, di- it is the difference in a boomer and a millennial. I think so a little for bit. For sure. Because like, no boomers, no boomers are going to live next <laughs> to gangsters weekend, and call it fun. Millennials think it's funny. I don't well, understand. I think it's These funny. hipsters next saying, to gangsters makes usually, no sense to me. It makes no sense. But it's everywhere. It's I, mean, I get it. I see it happening. And it's the regentrification neighborhoods is the nice way of saying it. But um, and, and there, you know, it, and he's right. If if it continues and yeah. enough people don't get killed in the process then if it continues and i also think then we it live, will be a we it will be a huge investment in nashville in a suburb of Na- like it's a we are we're in a very, suburb yeah we're in a and bubble. i but i just saying like we have friends that have moved here from chicago from other areas and yeah you hide your per like it's just like there's a different safety measure of how they're used to living life than we are so like i'm saying your tolerance for all of that is very low, which is not wrong. No, it's but just, I'm also I, I'm, saying I'm to Robert, not live next to gangsters. It well, doesn't I don't matter. Know if that's what his case is. You keep saying that. And I'm like, matter. I don't know. I don't what know. is? I mean, I when they're shooting up and down the dadgum street, and you call it fun. I mean, I don't I'm get not this. Not you. Not you. But I'm just saying, saying people. Do. Some people have a higher tolerance for where they live, and so. Yeah. But Robert, that's what I'm saying. It's so individual. And if Robert and his wife aren't are, comfortable are not with comfortable, bullets then, and car being broken into when they have a new baby that move. makes them normal oh yeah it's, that makes them smart yeah i don't i mean I hear you but i'm also hey i broadening childhood friends of yours bought house door kicked in robbed the whole place 
in one of those neighborhoods uh, right after you got married. I remember the story. Okay, won't name the name. We're on the radio, but the uh, yeah, this stuff it's it it blo- I, it boggles a boomer's mind. I'll just tell you, you I get it intellectually, emotionally. I don't understand why not go somewhere else. I don't get it. I don't, well, I, it's half like, the it's company like, lives in some of these places, and there's half the guys in the booth in there do probably. I don't know, <laughs> but um, yeah, it just it's it's crazy. And the one, the fun one. Have you seen the uh, Nashville judgmental map? Oh gosh, don't stop. We're moving no, on. No, it's fabulous. No, we're moving on. I don't even know. I don't want to know. No, I'm it's nervous. Fabulous. I'm starting to. It's I'm making to get nervous. fun. It's making fun of know. us out here. It makes fun of every neighborhood. Okay. And, and so it's an equal Make opportunity of offender. And it's great. It's like this one's gangs. This one's gangs that kill cats. This one's uh, hipster trust fund babies. Why? This one's Why boomers. This? this is boomers like Ramsey. You know, I mean, it's like it makes fun of everybody. It's oh hilarious. Oh, I think it's funny. I sent it to one of my buddies who bought a house in I one of those neighborhoods. Yeah. Oh so you got to have fun with this, y'all. Got to have fun with it. I, I truly think that that is that is a difference generationally that I have seen that um, that is way different because the the generations prior to mine and then mine were suburbanites and they came to the suburbs for a safe they left yes yeah they, or to came, a, to a, they either or left the farm yes. they either left the farm or they left the inner city to come to a safe bubble and then the generations following are going back into those areas mm-hmm. and regentrifying them uh and living in them and that's what he's dealing with that's what he's dealing yeah. with yeah so it's <laughs> very interesting all right, that's a fun discussion. Rachel Cruz, always a joy. Oh, yes. I'll be back tomorrow. The guys in the just booth, always up. a joy. Get ready. Get ready. Y'all just get the hate mail lined up. We're going to burn <laughs> it for Kenlin. That puts us our The Ramsey Show in the books. We'll be back with you before you know it. In the meantime, remember, there's ultimately only one way to financial peace, and that's to walk daily with the Prince of Peace, Christ Jesus. Hey, it's Rachel Cruz. If you like what you heard in this episode and want to know more about getting started on the Ramsey Baby Steps, go to RamseySolutions.com and click the Get Started button. We'll help you figure out the best next step for you based on your specific situation. That's RamseySolutions.com and click Get Started.